KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan right now. Brought to you by Ford. Built for Texas. Built for you. It is Dallas Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, guys. Well, we are excited about the win, and then we got the terrible news with the Terrence Steele injury that he is, in fact, out for the season. How how tough is that to see for somebody who has worked their way up and been playing very well? Well, exactly. I mean, you hate it for him, first and foremost. He's put a lot of work in uh, to his trade. I mean, he has really had him a great year. He just keeps getting better. Uh, every year uh, does everything the right way and uh, certainly a tough deal for him obviously a tough deal for our team but uh, you know at the same time you know we've been resilient this year and uh, we do have some depth in that offensive line between uh, you know Ball and Peters and certainly we got Tyron coming back so that'll be a, a big plus for us so you know we just have to uh, as all coaches like to say next man up and uh uh, at the same time, you, like you said, your heart goes out uh, for uh, for Steele, for Terrence, and all the work that he's done. And know he'll make a great recovery and be ready to go next year. When you heard that uh, Jason Peters initially didn't want to go in at right tackle because he didn't want to hurt the team, but then said, "All right, never mind. I do need to go in right now." What you? I mean, that, what did that speak to his character for you? Well, he just uh, says everything. That's why we have him on this team. He's a winner. Uh, you know, he's had a Hall of Fame career, and he wants to do anything he can to help this team win. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, he went in there and did a really nice job for us. Uh, certainly, Ball getting his uh, feet wet as we move forward there as well. But uh, certainly, hats off to Jason for going in there and doing a, a really nice job, and we'll continue to prepare and see what the best group of uh, guys are as we move forward uh, you know, for these last four games of the season and hopefully uh, start to prepare for the playoffs. Steven, can you explain to the audience how difficult it is maybe to go from left tackle to right tackle? Because they both say tackle on it, just like left field and right field say the same thing, but I can explain how much different those positions are, even though they look like the exact same position. Some guys have a, a, a real propensity to be able to move around and go left and right, but uh, I'd call those guys ambidextrous. It's like using, been using your right hand, and all of a sudden you got to use your left hand to do everything. It's, uh, it's certainly different. And uh, even though uh, I've been in this league for many, many years and uh, certainly a pro, uh, it's just uh, once guys start playing on one side, they, they tend to want to. Uh, they're comfortable there, and they tend to want to stay there. So it's certainly a challenge, uh, but uh, certainly guys do it and uh, are able to pull it off, but it's certainly not easy. At 10-3, and y'all have now notched double-digit wins in consecutive seasons for the first time since 95 and 96. Do you take any pleasure out of that, or are you like, that's not really what we're trying to do this season? It's not, and, uh, you know, we certainly, uh, it's great to have, you know, get 10 wins. Uh, it's a uh, compliment to what our staff has done, what our players have done. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, a, a nice bar to hit, but uh, as we all know, when we start every season, your goal is to win the, uh, to get the playoffs and win the East and then uh, certainly uh, win playoff games and try to win a championship, and that's uh, uh, certainly the goal of this football team. I know yesterday we had our challenges and 
uh, didn't play as well as we're going to have to play uh, if we're going to, uh, you know, if we're going to go where we want to go. Uh, but at the same time, I thought that, you know, the last stand, uh, the defense made to get the offense to ball back and the offense to go, you know, 98 yards was, a, you know, to me, uh, a, a big check mark in terms of character and, uh, you know, sticking with it and doing what you have to do to win a football game. But certainly, uh, you know, when we go in there and look at this game, uh, which we are, uh, and, and see uh, what we have to do better. There's going to be a lot of things we can be better. And uh, we know that, but uh, it, it is good to get the win. Uh, anytime you win a game in the NFL, it's a big deal. They pay their guys, too. I uh, certainly don't understand why they never have 17-point uh, spreads. But <laughs> that's, a, that's a, uh, you know, the end of the day, like I said, they're, they're paying their guys. they got great coaches, great scouts, great personnel people. And, uh yeah, they're going to be a, a, a really good football team in due time. When when Trevon Diggs was out for for a few moments in that game, was there a little bit of, of concern for what your cornerback situation was going to look like there? Absolutely. I mean, we've lost two uh, top-notch guys, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown. Uh, we do, uh, as I said uh, you know, earlier in the year, we've got great depth there. Uh, you know, I thought uh, Kelvin Joseph really uh, – Took another step in uh, terms of getting uh, his consistency there at corner, and Nashon uh, Wright got him some experience there. But uh, uh, you know, after losing two, you know, you don't want to continue to lose them. So it's great that uh, Diggs got back out there. Certainly made a big play for us. Was real close to making another one uh, when he undercut an out route. But uh, uh, you know, he's certainly uh, we need him for this run and uh, need him. Uh, to get accomplished what we want to get accomplished. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Kelvin Joseph there. I was going to go to, the, to, to that place next because last week, obviously, Jerry told us, uh, you know, it's time for him to become a man. Uh, and it, is he is he there or still progressing towards that right now? Well, he's getting his first, uh, you know, big doses of it. I think, you know, one of the most encouraging things is he's become one of our top special teams players while he's had to, uh, you know, bide his time behind – uh, Anthony Brown and Diggs, but uh, uh, you know the fact that he's uh, you know is consistently week in and week out one of our best special teams players. Applies he applies that same focus and consistency to being a great corner. Uh, a lot of people in the, you know on this uh, in this organization believe he may be one of the most talented uh, corners we have. He's got all the skills, all the tools. He's long. Uh, he makes plays on the ball. He, he showed it in college. Uh, you know, he's just got to go out there and, and be consistent. He obviously made a great play yesterday uh, to stop a drive, and we'll expect him to just to continue to get better. And that probably kind of answers this question, but you talked a lot about his physical skills. Are you all confident he has the mental makeup and mentality to excel at that position as well? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, he's shown it on special teams and, uh, you know, being consistent week in and week out, one of our best guys along with CJ. And if he'll apply that same uh, focus uh, to being a great corner, I think good things will happen. I, was, I know a lot of conversation happens about culture with the Cowboys and everything like that. I was reading an article in the Dallas Morning News about Anthony Barr in his role on the Cowboys versus the rest of his career. And he was like, I'm really buying all in. I had to put my ego to the side and do what was best for the team. Do you feel like that selfless mentality is big in this locker room? Absolutely. I think we've got a great group of men uh, playing the game for us. 
uh, led by, uh, I think, a really top-notch coaching staff uh, that instills that in them. And certainly uh, we've got the leadership uh, at the very top, uh, you know, in terms of the players, Dak and Zach and, uh, you know, that group of of, of men over there, Demarcus Lawrence, all of them leading the way in terms of, uh, uh, you know, really setting the tone. Uh, for what uh, you know, our players need to be about. It's about winning ball games, and there'll be games when uh, some guys have bigger games than others. But uh, uh, you know, I think you, you look at Zeke and uh, you look at Tony Pollard, and I, you know, to me, they're the perfect example of what this team's all about. They're, they're uh, root for one another. Uh, they're very comfortable uh, in sharing that load. They're a great one-two punch, and a big part of why we're winning football games right now. Stephen, there were some moments yesterday that Dak looked kind of uncomfortable, and I, I can't really figure out or put my finger on what it was. I mean, that first drive was really, really good. That last drive, that last two minutes was really, really, I said fun. Kevin said terrifying, uh, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, but, like, there were some moments in the game where he just he didn't look like he wanted to pull the trigger on some throws. Was it because Houston was throwing some things at him that he hadn't he wasn't prepared for? Or what was the feeling there? Well, I think obviously you start with Dak and you start with uh, Kellen and uh, Mike and, uh, you know, in terms of what their thoughts are on that, we're obviously going to go through the tape and, and look at it. But, uh, you know, uh, hats off to the Texans. They, you know, everybody comes up with great grand, uh, game plans. Levy Smith's one of the better coaches in the NFL uh, in terms of his track record. Uh, so, you know, you have to start with taking your hat off to the Texans and what they were able to do. But, uh Certainly, uh, we all know, uh, you know, Dak's desire to be great. I'm sure he'll uh, go back and look at that and clean up any mistakes that need to be cleaned up. But as you said, he made plays when he had to. And uh, that last drive was, uh, I agree, both terrifying and fantastic. But uh, uh, certainly he he came up big when he had to come up big. And uh, I know there's no one going to, you know, put the work into it, the time into it. Certainly his passion for the game. Uh, to be the best quarterback uh, that he can be and ultimately be the quarterback we need to go win a championship. I know it's difficult on a Monday with injuries and everything like that, but can you give us any insight or do you have you gotten any updates about Jake Ferguson or Jonathan Hankins? All those guys, you know, we're in the middle of uh, certainly evaluating them. And, uh, you know, as we move forward, we'll have more details, but uh, uh, we'll – uh, certainly, uh, as we get the information, we'll make uh, the proper moves accordingly and uh, and go from there. We've got a great medical staff, Jim Maurer and Brett Brown, and you know, we'll do uh, what we have to do to uh, get prepared to play the Jaguars. On a, on a bigger scope, again, reading some stuff about the upgrades and renovations y'all are planning at AT&T Stadium, I was hoping you can kind of give some insight into what kind of stuff that is. Well, believe it or not, it doesn't feel like it when you walk in there. We've been in that stadium now. We're in our 14th season. And, you know, to me and most people, it feels brand new. But uh, certainly there's some areas. You're starting with our big uh, scoreboard, which, you know, so proud of. But it's, uh, you know, over time, uh, uh, you get to where you can't find parts for uh, equipment. And, uh, you know, it's time to upgrade that scoreboard, which I think our fans are love. Audio, video in general around the stadium. Uh, you know, needs upgrading, as we all know, uh, just from our own homes. Uh, that changes constantly. And then, you know, in general, just uh, freshening up uh, all of our suites, our club areas, uh, things of that nature. It be, you know, something that for the most part all fans will benefit from. And uh, 
certainly will uh, uh, take the next step to have AT&T being uh, hopefully one of the best stadiums in the world uh, for the next uh, 14, 15 years. Are you suggesting that the board's going to go higher and that punters will never be able to hit it? Is that what you're saying there, Stephen? <laughs> uh, oh, not necessarily. It's kind of at a good good height for our fans, and that's what's the most important. And uh, the video has been hit much, but uh, <laughs> certainly understand that part of it. But it is at a level that's optimal uh, for our fan base, and I think it'll continue to be that way and hopefully uh, even better as we move forward. All right. Awesome stuff. Appreciate it. As always, good, sir. No matter how heart-stopping, congratulations on the victory. Thanks a lot, guys. Always great being on with you. Have a great week. There you go. Stephen Jones, Dallas Cowboys EVP, right here on 105.3 The Fan. I feel like there's a way to, like, can we get a bendy, like one of those bendy TVs that kind of is, is angled? You think that's the technical term? I don't know. What, what is the that term? It's the, the curve TV. Can we get one of those curved jumbotrons so there's just less of it that we can, you know? I, I just like the idea. <laughs> That they put in a new screen and the old one's sitting out on the corner, like right in front of AT&T Stadium. And some people drive by and they're like, hey, maybe we could use that at our house. 50% off. They yeah. The back of their, <laughs> exactly. They're back of their car and they're driving yeah. down the street with it. Wait, like, if you could get a panel from the from the giant board, would you for like your personal house? Oh, my God. Sure. Yes. How big is that panel? Like, is no it idea. multiple panels or is it just one huge panel? No, it's panel? clearly multiple panels. See, we dropped the ball. We need to get Steven back in the horn and be like, hey, can we get what some are we of those doing panels? With we're auctioning up, it off. Yeah, we'll auction it off. What? Panels. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Or we could auction it off. There are so many things. Maybe they put it on loan to some, maybe they give it to the Rangers and they're like, hey, put this in the other stadium that y'all used to have. Oh, oh. just put it in center field. Yeah. Or take it to the star. We're going to take it to the star. It's going to be out there. Cuban. He seems to need money. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. <laughs> Coming up next. Oh, let's did we go. ask about Curtin? We didn't ask about Curtin. What? Who gives I asked last about, time and he's to Jerry like, Jones, and it did not go damn. well, and I'm not asking about curtains. Did he, I heard that. He was like, I got 500 things or whatever. And he was like, that's below all those on the list. Coming up next, we go around the NFC East where the Eagles continue to be very scary. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. At the 40 of Houston, snap back first down. Wings it deep down the right side, caught. Diving catch, Noah Brown at the 23-yard line. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. Cowboys victorious over the Texans. It comes at a price as Terrence Steele is going to be out for the remainder of the season. But right now, let's go across the NFC East. As always, choose your own adventure and in this segment, the Lunch Rush, the Expressway, we will give away tickets to go see Brian Regan at some point in this segment. Do you guys want to start with the Eagles, the Giants, the Commanders, or the Cowboys? They're all in the playoffs, Corey. <laughs> at, at this point, at yeah, this they point, are. If it all ended, they're all in, but the Eagles are the one seed. Yeah, I guess we start so with we the one seed. we have to talk about the best team in the NFC. All right. East and Reggie, NFL. as we get NFL. ready to talk about the Eagles, will you fire off cut 25, please, and thank you. Hurts back again. He's floating it for Devontae Smith, who makes the catch. The Giants miss, and he walks into the end zone. Again, like how how many times is this dude going to throw to wide open receivers? 
for touchdowns. It is. This dude does it, man. And I know that was Devontae Smith right there. MVP. Are you ready for it? He's going to win it. Oh, you're done? You're convinced? I'm convinced. Okay. I will say the, the game that will matter the most to put him over the top will be Christmas Cowboys Eve. Yeah. yeah. If he beats the Cowboys in Dallas and has a good game, and I expect if they win, he's going to have a good game. Uh, then that will put him over the top, and they will give him the MVP. Mike, I cannot. T- I can now tell you for the first time, it is still close, but Jalen Hurts has surpassed Patrick yeah. Mahomes as the favorite to win MVP. He's about minus 140, whereas Mahomes is about plus 180. Those are your two. Uh, Joe Burrow's there, but he's way back at 7-1, then Allen and all the likes. But I wonder if you put truth serum into 32 general managers if they would take him with the number one overall pick. Yeah. No chance. You think all 32 would choose Patrick Mahomes yes. or Josh Allen or somebody else? I think most of the GMs would say, look at the rest of their team, how much talent is around him, and then they would add into it how good they've done at like making sure they utilize him the right way. Uh, the talent around him, I think definitely helps there. I think they would, that would be the first thing they would say is I'm going to go pick somebody else, but I got to build a team just that good. And part of that talent. And we lamented this at, I believe it was the draft when they made the deal for AJ Brown, where we were like, Oh crap is AJ Brown has now surpassed a thousand yards. He's the fourth Eagles receiver to have 1,000 yards receiving and 10 receiving touchdowns, and there's still four games to go. That's pretty impressive. But perhaps more impressive, Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders both have at least 10 rushing touchdowns. That's the first time in Eagles history they've had multiple players reach that benchmark. 10 rushing touchdowns at least? Yes, and Miles Sanders is one of them. I guess we got to... I guess we got to put respect on his name at this point. That's right. Because he said at the beginning of the season, Mike, that he was going to earn the respect that he deserves. And Did here he, he is your respect? with 10 touchdowns. Okay. Did he earn your respect, Mike? Yeah. His mommy kept him healthy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> should have should have known. By the way, speaking of A.J. Brown, did you see that he got fined $13,261 for spanking the goalpost last week with his towel. Too far. What? Too far! What? He was, like, kind of spanking it with his towel. Well, you know, son of a gun. We're still not going to beat you and Sting doing each other. (sighs) Um, Yeah, he was fined $13,000. Darn it. Kevin, Uh, I don't understand why they, like, the, it's not, the goalpost is there. These guys have towels. You can't, and you're telling them not to celebrate, not to make the game fun. This is insane. Well, it's like it will bounce right back, but it's like Dak and Zeke got fined the same amount for the celebration in the yeah. red kettle, even though the Salvation Army came out and said they had a giant influx in donations after the back-to-back weeks of celebrations. They're like, that's fine. Fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is every team should say, hey, how do we get some charity out on our field some way so we can have we can do the same thing. I did see though, Kevin, because I was like, where do the fines go? And it is a lot of the player NFL players, former players, and stuff DK like Metcalf that. DK Metcalf says it goes to the referees. No, it goes to like uh like players who are having a tough time after their playing career. Okay. They're they're here's why I don't like that. 
That is the NFL's responsibility that they should have taken care of to begin with. Like, don't tell me you're like, well, we had to find the players so we could help out the old. No, you don't. You make billions of dollars in profit, not money, profit every year. You can't help out any of those people on your own accord. I mean, of course they could, but that's not how business works, I guess. I'm glad those so guys- So you think they should donate the fine to the charity of the fineese uh, choice? that would be lovely. And then you're like, you know what? We're going to help out our older players because we're not pieces of ass and we'll take the fine money and give it to a charity. I think but- you might have answered your own question here, Kevin. Because they're not pieces of ass. Yeah. Your word's not mine. Business is going to business. All right. By the way, Cowboys Eagles are at still close to the top of the heap for turnovers and turnover margin is the Cowboys have forced 23 turnovers, 12 interceptions and 11 fumbles, which is second in the league behind Philly, who's forced 24. Philly leads the league in turnover margin plus 14. The Cowboys were second after yesterday. They are now third. At plus eight. Third? Third. I think the Ravens moved up above them. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. Being third? They're losing to the Eagles in both. In this NFL? First or nothing. Okay. First or go ahead and fold the team. I have terrible news for you, Corey. They trail the Eagles in a whole lot of categories. If Dak had been healthy all year, that wouldn't be the case. We went four and one with Cooper Rush. It would absolutely be the case. We'd be five and oh. Okay, but you'd still be trailing the Eagles. In what? <laughs> Record. We would have beaten the Eagles, though. True. So yeah. then we would have that to stand wow. on. We'd be like, we My might era? be behind you, but like we... He just beat you at your own math game. So then we would be tied? If that's what your math tells you. No, they would be ahead. We'd have, yeah, we'd have the tiebreaker. Yeah, that's true. All right. Now we just need another you know somebody what? else to knock them down. I'll tell you what. Unfortunately, they play on we Christmas play Eve. Jacksonville. If you're here ready to work on the 26th and the Cowboys win, I will concede that you were right. All right. Okay. Corey just said he's working on the 26th of the Cowboys win on Christmas I never Eve. said that. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go to the Giants, the Commanders? That one will be quick. Or the Cowboys. Cowboys. They're in second. All right. Ezekiel Elliott has rushed for a touchdown in six straight games. Joining Emmett Smith and Tony Dorsett is yes. the only three players in Cowboys history to have a rushing touchdown in six straight games. E and D. E D. Um, Emmett, the, Emmett and Dorsett. I am watching uh, the the first drive. I was been been watching oh, that yeah. back. Watching Terrence Steele block downfield is awesome. Like watching him at the line and Zeke. Zeke has some big runs early in this game because. Of what they were able to do right at the middle, too. But Terrence Steele, uh, it's going to be sad to see him go. Zeke is doing a great job with his balance. I was just about up. to say that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he is playing a different, like at a different Zeke level than we're used to seeing the last He's trying to years. stay on his feet. Absolutely. He's like, I'm going to take Instead the of hit. just diving into yeah, the. Yeah. Is, I get like why you do that. It's, it's an automatic three yards. If you think about, it, I'm going to dive forward, I'm going to get three yards. If I get hit, if we hit bam, bam, and I don't go forward at all. It's three less yards. So I understand where there is a motivation of if I dive forward right before contact or right at contact, I should get these three yards. But there is that possibility of what if I can break this tackle? I might get 15 more yards. Yeah, he's in the way he's attacking the lane, the running lane right now. That's something special. It's not like he gets there and does like like Mike saying, just goes, okay, that's I got enough. 
He gets there and goes, oh, there's a lot more. Let's go get it. And it's something that's really nice to see right now. Believe it or not, I have a couple more positive Cowboys facts for you. They're now seven. How? After that barely win yesterday? I know. But look, they did win. Mike McCarthy has 153 career wins, 22nd most all time. Do you know he just broke the tie with? Tom Landry. Sean Payton. What? So he's better than Sean Payton. I just thought was kind of funny is, man, how upset is Sean Payton with this Cowboys season? He's he's like, I'm fine. I'm going to go coach the Chargers next year. Yeah. Or the Rams. Oh, <laughs> when like, McVay's like, I'm out of here. I feel like I'd probably, at least for a couple of years, probably <laughs> rather go with the Chargers. But the Cowboys also, they won. They're now 7-1 and one at AT&T Stadium this year. Ties 2016 and 2018 for the most wins in a single season at AT&T Stadium. But with the extra home game this year, they have an opportunity to break that record. So we will see how it goes. All right. You want to go with the Giants or the Commanders? Don't the Giants have right now the sixth spot in the playoffs and the Commanders Actually, have the Actually, the Commanders moved up. Oh, did they? Yeah, after you can, the you Giants lost They're yesterday. tied. Okay. And they did tie each That's other. That's what I heard, at least on Fox yesterday, was they swapped spots. Is Yes, the Commanders are now sixth, and the Giants are seventh. You don't need to worry about that too much. The Commanders had a bye, and with the Seahawks losing to the Panthers, they and the Giants both stayed in the playoffs, but... The Giants and Commanders will play again this weekend. So that'll be the second straight game against the Giants for the Commanders. The Commanders are the home team this time. They're installed as the early four-and-a-half-point favorites. And this is probably why. Sure, the Giants... support. Sure. The Giants got smashed by the Eagles. But most importantly, let's take a look at their punter. I believe it's Jamie Gillen. He dropped the ball too far in front of him for a punt. He's a Brit, by the way. Yeah, so you, so he probably was like, I can't bounce it off the ground. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you drop the ball, you punt it. He dropped it too far in front of him when he went to punt the ball. So the ball hit the ground, and then he kicked it. That is against league rules on a so punt. You're against it, league isn't rules. that considered a field goal Ooh. attempt? Okay, that is. You know what? That is interesting. Because didn't Doug Flutie do that one time for an mm-hmm. extra point? And that, and for whatever reason, that place kicking situation is different rules okay. than the punt. So it's considered a fumble and a legal kick. So not only did the Giants lose the ball on downs, they also lost ten yards via the penalty. And gave the Eagles even better field position. Not that they needed it, but they would score a touchdown one play later to make it 21 to nothing as they destroyed the Giants. Saquon Barkley did play. He looked fine, I guess, but they didn't use him a lot. 20 snaps, only nine carries. Well, I was watching the Cowboy game, and on the bottom line, it looked like it was 21 to zero three seconds into that game. Well, and it did not help that punt, the right, the play right after it is what set in motion that. But it was at the end of the first quarter, it was only seven to nothing. Okay, I felt like I looked at the bottom screen as the Cowboys were struggling, like. Well, the Eagles are winning 21 to 0. We're not getting any help today. Yes, and the Eagles continue to be the most dominant second quarter team that we may have ever seen and they were incredible in that perspective, but the Giants. The Giants are 1-4 and 1 in their last 6 games. They gave up 253 yards rushing yesterday and they're 0 and 3 against the Cowboys and the Eagles. That's why I was just asking about the Lions. It's Do you because. think the Lions or the Seahawks can take that spot from them? No. 
But we need to go back to calling them Dabes if you want. If you want New York to get their mojo back, it's Dabes. Yeah, and they made the. I guess it was smart of y'all to make that rule up that I couldn't say yeah, it after right. losses because now I mean it's working for the Cowboys and that uh, Dable and company aren't catching up. So you're doing well there. All right, Man, so you, I didn't know how much you like Detroit. They're just playing. I mean, that's Corey's guy. You but see Jamison Williams doing his thing, Mike, like you predicted last week. He's got another touchdown. Holy cow. At Jets, at Panthers, Bears, Packers. They got a good chance to run the t- – they could go 6-0 and o to finish the season. And, I mean, that would obviously put them at 10-7. and seven. Way, it's When just, Mike likes it comes out, I have other bad news on schedules. Okay. And the, just the Giants have been really, really struggling, and so I was curious if that could uh, make a difference. Well, the Seahawks are horrible. They lost to the Panthers. <laughs> the Panthers, yeah. All right, so I'm looking real quick here. Giants, at Commanders, at Vikings, Colts, at Eagles. So – Three very losable games. Yeah. The Colts seem like a very winnable game. So, holy guacamole. If they lose the road games, if they lose at Washington, at Minnesota, and at Philadelphia, Philadelphia will probably have nothing to play for, to be honest. Yeah, you um, might be right, yeah. Uh, and I'll get to that in Mike likes it. But, gosh. I, okay, I take it back. You okay. know what? Detroit has a chance. Based on the schedules and New York schedule... They have a chance to get the last spot in the playoffs. We're going to get to Mike Lexon in just one second. I have a couple of college notes for you. Is Tuesday. The Clarion Ledger is reporting that Mike Leach did, in fact, have a massive heart attack. As yesterday, it was reported as a personal uh, condition or incident. The Clarion Ledger is reporting it was a massive heart attack, and he is still in the hospital in critical condition, obviously hoping the best for him. And then... The shocking thing that you heard on Sean or RJ this morning is Chris Beard, the Texas basketball coach, was arrested Monday morning, or I guess this morning, on a felony domestic violence charge. And the Travis County Jail Senior Public Information Officer confirmed that he was in the jail. He was arrested and booked at 4.18 a.m., on the third-degree charge of, quote, assault of a family household member impeding breath circulation or strangulation. Ooh. Ooh. So, not surprising his attorney said he, all these charges are nonsense and he's 100% innocent. He said he never should have been arrested. The complainant wants him released immediately and all charges dismissed. It is truly inconceivable. So, we will see where the truth lies with all of this, but the, it's that's a very sad situation for totally different reasons. Yeah, and then UT's, like, their program's doing, I mean, they're, what, they're number two right now? And they play tonight against Rice. Yeah. I'm so assuming 100%, 99%, he doesn't coach. He will yeah, not he be, be the, the coach. Side. That would be a shocking tournament. Can I can I throw something in here, sure. Kevin? You know who LeVar Burton is? Yeah, from reading Rainbow? He's getting... And Roots. He's the going to be the That's recipient true. of the Lifetime Achievement Award at the first ever Children's and Family Emmys that's going to be taking place oh, in that's Roots, 11. right? Huh? What's that? That's Take roots, a look. Right? It's in a book. I see Next a Generation Star Wars? Uh, Star Trek? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yes. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and I think it's definitely, you know, mostly for his well-known 23 I years on Reading Rainbow. But I just... That's my childhood right there. I will just say, if you go back and look at the ratings, I'm pretty sure Roots was like one of the biggest TV events in the history of broadcast. So, I mean, that that helps a lot. Or he's just awesome at multiple things, and that helps even. 
God. Yeah, they changed the song and they changed the tempo and it made me angry when I heard it, when I watched it with Brandon when he was a little kid. He'll be angry. All right. Is he still doing it then? Uh, No. They have like eventually switched out, or they were like, "Was it Ozzy Smith? Because he took over for Mel Allen." I don't. In baseball. <laughs> I don't recall Ozzy Smith hosting cool. Eating Rainbow. All right, we got Mike likes it coming up, but I also feel like it's about like give something t- away. Caller number ten. Oh, basketball games now. Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three will win a pair of tickets to go see Brian Regan, the comedian, will be performing at the Will Rogers Auditorium on January twentieth as part of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo Auditorium Concert Series. You can buy tickets at LiveNation.com or you can win them for free. Right now, caller number 10, 877-881-1053. We'll be doing that giveaway all week long. And now, how about some Mike Likes It? All right, so I continue around the NFC East because I was doing this before you asked about the Giants and Lions kind of question, which made me go look at schedules and go, huh, I guess the Lions could pull this off because the Giants have probably three games they're going to be dogs in, and if they lose all three of those games – and um, the Lions figured it out. They figured it out. Here's bad news, Dallas Cowboy fans. Here's the remaining Eagles schedule that you need them to lose one oh, other game yeah. besides the game you play. They play the second worst team in the NFL this upcoming week at Chicago. Oh, no. So that's a game that doesn't look it's very favorable great. to get a win out of. Look, Houston almost beat Dallas. So yeah. it can happen. And they almost lost to the Colts. The Eagles almost yeah. lost to the Colts. But so. they do get tied for the second worst record with the Denver Broncos in the NFL. It's in Chicago, but that's their next game. Then yeah. at Dallas, right? which is a very tough game. It should be probably a pretty – I haven't looked at spreads. I'm going to assume a pick game. Maybe Dallas is favored I, by a point or I have something. not seen a point spread. I've told you all year the analytics for ESPN love them. They've got the Cowboys at 62.5% right. to win, but that seems high. After that, they have two home games left. They play the fourth worst team in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints. So they have the second worst team in the NFL, the fourth worst team in the NFL, and then they finish off at home against the Giants, who, who they just struggling. destroyed. And who are struggling. So... The Cowboys have to win out. Obviously, you're not sure. you're not going to get them to lose two out of those three games I just mentioned. You got to beat them at home in Dallas. You got to win out. The Cowboys can't lose another game. In fact, that's what I was thinking when I was watching that Texans game and they intercepted the ball on the ten yard line. You know what I thought? Cowboys are locked into the five seed. They, they have I feel four, like they made allusions to that on the yeah, broadcast. I was almost too. like we have four meaningless weeks coming up as the Cowboys could win all four. It doesn't matter. Uh, you'd want them to. You'd want yeah, them to have that course. great momentum going in, but it wouldn't matter in your seating. You already sure. know what you're going to be doing and who you're going to be playing. But now that the Cowboys won that game at Jacksonville, is not the easiest game in the world. The Cowboys are favored by five, and we'll get into that game more sure. and more as the week goes on. But the Cowboys have to win out. And you look at the Eagles and you go, all right, what team or what game would you put on the Eagles possibly losing? At Chicago, home against the Saints or home against the Giants? Which one would you rank as that's the game that the Cowboys could maybe get a lucky a lucky break? I'll go Saints because I wanted to say Giants, but with that much focus in the last game, I'll say Saints is your best chance for something wacky to happen. Okay. And then – And not a great a, chance at that. You have a pick. I'll agree, I'll agree with him. Okay. And then – Hold on. Maybe the Falcons. 
Hmm? Yeah, nothing. Go ahead. They don't have. They don't play the Falcons. They can. They can play the Falcons <laughs> in the playoffs. Keep going. That was a good decision to start. All right. So that's kind of a look at how can the Cowboys get out of playing on the road, most likely the rest of the playoffs, because I, I get you know Washington. Uh, New York, maybe Detroit, maybe you Seattle. You wanted them to pull that upset, and then you're good. But, yeah. Okay, so next one. I didn't watch it. I was busy. How much did you guys watch of soccer on Saturday? Man, A lot. Yeah, I watched. We watched the the game here. And then Friday, whenever we got home, we had the, we had the, the, the PKs. And then Saturday, what? He said, how much did you watch on Saturday? Yeah, no, that's what okay. I'm saying is it built in. Like, I was hooked by the time Saturday came around okay. because of what happened on Friday. And so, like, I was really excited. And so, yeah, me and my, my, my son woke up and came in, and we sat down and watched the entire weekend. Man. What was the first game? Was it France or was that the second game? France and England was the second game? That is, It was the second game. So, I didn't, get, I didn't watch, but I'm asking questions because I saw a lot on social media. I was – I was shopping with my wife, Christmas shopping, then took my my kid to baseball practice, and so by the time I got home, I kind of saw the the scores and the and what happened, and there was a lot of Mbappe love, and mm. I know that he's considered maybe the next greatest player in soccer. If you watched it, how good was he? Let me, you talk about Zeke having balance running through what he's doing right now. That was some a, a tweet that I saw from Jared, and I couldn't agree more. The speed that he moves at with the balance and strength to like, you're not supposed to be able to do what he's doing. Like this guy is like, he's, it's insane to watch somebody will be all over his shoulder and he's still got control of his body and, and he can, and he knows where the net is. He knows where to put it. It's, it's really fascinating to watch this good of a player. He's he's great in tight spaces. But one thing about, one thing about that match and about this world cup run entirely for France Kind of under the radar, I guess, for the average uh, soccer watcher, Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. For France, he was the one who set up both of these goals Such for France. Such great touch, dude. Such he great has touch. been really great for France as well. So Kylian Mbappe, the too. big name, obviously. Antoine Griezmann was been has been pretty good for them as well. Do you feel like it's any of the? I'm really. I, I'm not. I, I know it's Cowboys, and I'm trying to make this comparison. Do you feel like it's any of the Micah effect? Because they even talked on the broadcast about how England was lagging off other players in their marks at times to like kind of cheat over towards Mbappe just a little bit. And I just think that's an overall beneficial thing for France that so much focus goes to the one player that can help facilitate. By the way, since you were talking about the game before, like the day before, is did you see in live betting when Argentina was up two to nothing on the Netherlands, somebody bet thirteen thousand dollars to win fifty two dollars on Argentina? Nice. And then they, they got it. They, got I, they did. <laughs> but like, is that worth the sweat that you went through? Fifty two dollars. Fifty two dollars on thirteen grand. The, you got a problem if you're doing you that. 52 bucks, man. The, the, you had 13000 okay. To answer your question on the Micah effect thing, Reggie, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. You talk about Griezmann. That dude is, like, he's got great touch. He's got a left foot that's amazing. I, he's just a talented player. I think that Francis just has, has a team full of talent. And, like, that's the, the huge factor is it's very difficult to stop them. And then somebody is right. Harry Kane did choke that everybody just kind of was like, what? He plays happened? for Tottenham. That's par for the course there. Oh, wow. They had a hell of a uh, hell of a free kick 
that I mean I know that doesn't take as much precedent as the as the uh, as penalty, penalty DJ, yeah. but like that free kick was really close. But yeah, he missed the penalty and everyone in England was sad. Or what's up? Oh, so I had a fun cab ride in New York going back to the airport, and the guy driving us was from Ghana, and we talked a lot of sports, and we actually talked a lot of soccer. And I told him that I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but have ideas on who the best guys are and he's just like I and just... how to do pks yeah and he goes yep <laughs> he goes i just don't get why soccer's not more important here it's such a great sport and all these things and he you know he loves soccer soccer is his love and he's like i kind of have gotten into american football you could tell he's like i kind of like american football and i follow basketball too this and that and but um I was kind of talking to him, and here's my opinion, guys, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this when I was telling him. I said, I think the issue is it's growing in the United States, but it will never be an important sport here because, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. when I watch the NBA and I go to the Dallas Mavericks, I'm watching the greatest players in the world. Yeah. When I go to Major League Baseball games, I'm watching the greatest baseball players in the world. Same with hockey, same with football. The four other major sports in our country, we have this. We have the EPL. We we have the best league. Everyone mm-hmm. aspires to get here, right? Yeah. And so, because nothing against FC Dallas, they are putting out a good product. So is the Frisco Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're not going to have Mbappe playing in all the cities, I don't know how it becomes that much more important here. If we're used to seeing LeBron James travel around the United States or Patrick Mahomes travel around the United States to play the sport we're watching, if we don't have Mbappe and Holland and what we consider the best players in the in world primes. playing here, I don't know how it becomes as as relevant as the four other major sports here. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. I think also, mm. like, those the best of the best in that way is not geared towards our schedule. So there's that toughness. And I think I heard Gavin Dawson talking about this in some ways on Friday. Some of this is just, you know, cultural, right? As a culture here, we have kind of made it part of our sports watching culture that we, you know, downgrade or denigrate soccer. And that's coming around. But I think cultural shifts take some time. And I think as that shift happens, I think we might be more accepting towards it later. Well, shift does happen. though. All right. I've heard that. It's true. Next thing. From up here. Help me out here, and I know that you guys probably don't have this off the top of your head, but I'm asking. When the Olympics were in Russia or uh, places where they we thought like it might be unsafe recently, did anybody die? Are you talking about Grant Wall now? Oh, yeah, I'm talking about Grant Wall. Is like, I, I hate. I in Brazil. They like found a body in the water, okay. but I don't. Not because they went surfing, but it wasn't, and it was I mean, bad water, like yeah. terrifying water. I, I do believe he was murdered. Is I'm, that I put, right? I'm putting out my wow. opinion. Okay. They say he just randomly died. Right. I mean, I, I, I would say it's not random. Wasn't he just in the hospital before that for complications with illness? He had bronchitis. Yeah. Yeah. But he was in the hospital. I don't know if it was the hospital. He was with the medics. I think that's different than, like, levels. But still, I understand what you're saying. He was dealing with something medically related. I've heard some people go, he was 100% healthy and he randomly died. And I was like, well, that's not really true. I think also for a lot of us, the stretch of bronchitis to death feels, feels like, very great. But I understand what you're saying, and I think, you know, it's valid to bring up. I just... I just don't know if if I, hey I get it they're taking the most money they they're all FIFA's paid off they're gonna whoever pays the sure. most money gets it they don't care where it's at but 
man, I just don't know if we should be having as a world World Cups, Olympics. I'm not saying they all need to be in the United States. I think there's plenty of other countries that can host these things and do a great job and keep everybody alive and not get possibly killed for going over there. And let's face it, Grant Wall took stances over there. Yeah. And he put himself in jeopardy. And I think because of that, somebody killed him. And his stance is like one of the things was like outside of bringing up things about Qatar is it was like a whole to do when he wore his rainbow right. shirt and everything I, like that. And it's, I, I don't it's, think he should have not done it. I just, you did put yourself in a position where the people over there could be like, let's kill him. It's just weird that those are the stances that like that would be the outcome. I, I, I was about to say, I hope you're not right. I guess either way for his family and everything, it's awful, awful, awful. Nonetheless, I think it would be horrible that it's horrible and you know it's a bad reflection of why the World Cup is there, that that would even be a viable explanation. Like him saying, hey, the fact that y'all use slave labor and all these people died for your blood money World Cup is effed up. And they're like, you know what? Now we have to get you killed. Like, it's sad that that would be a stance that would get you murdered when that is a very logical thing to think. Well, I mean, I know it starts up again tomorrow. Tomorrow and Wednesday are the semifinals, and I'm I'm kind of interested. Obviously, it builds up, uh, uh, you know, momentum, and especially when you have superstars left. You do. Messi's left. I know Mbappe's. he's an old superstar, yeah. and Mbappe's left, so I think that's great. But also, I just feel horrible that most likely our most known soccer reporter yeah. absolutely died over there, but my opinion is, got murdered over there because he showed American stances. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Hey, go ahead and give me your top three Cowboys right now. And what about this receiver if Odell is not the guy? Next.